Welcome to Best Me Radio. I'm your host, Carl Hammington, and I talk to experts in many areas, including movement, psychology, nutrition, as well as other inspiring people who have done extraordinary things, all in an attempt to provide you with the information, inspiration, and tools that will empower you to step into the best version of yourself. Stress has been linked to many conditions and diseases, including heart disease, diabetes, and even cancers. But what is stress exactly? And how can we minimize it or cope with it? In this episode, I talk with a wellness expert with a strong focus around stress and all that surrounds the subject. We discuss what stress is, how we can test it and recognize it in our own lives, as well as some really useful tools and strategies to help manage it better. We also talk food, inflammation, autoimmunity, gut health, resilience, and adrenal fatigue. Please enjoy. Well, hey, Carl. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Um, my, yeah, my name's Ben Warren. I'm a, a clinical nutritionist. Uh, I never intended to be a, a nutritionist. I actually intended to be a golfer. And um, I'm originally from North London, and uh, just well, just north of London, and got a golf scholarship to the University of South Carolina, uh, and went off there to study experimental psychology. Um, met my wife, who's a Kiwi, and so hence uh, I kind of joke that I'm a souvenir from her OE that she brought back to New Zealand. Uh, natural progression was for me to be a program golfer and um you know like a touring golfer but i had a bad back injury and i was a professional golf coach um for a number of years while i was trying to get my back sorted before trying to get out on tour and uh, i was on a course learning about optimal joint mechanics biomechanics um that was being run actually by a guy called paul check you may have heard of he's out of california kind of a, a bit of a leader in the yep. health and fitness space and um it was about three or four days into this course and the lady just looked at me and she said, Ben, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I can see you've got a bad back. I can see you've got a twist in your pelvis, scoliosis in your spine. You've got one shoulder higher than the other. <laughs> when you're swinging the golf club just then, your, your transverse abdominal muscles not firing at all. Um, and she goes, your back's probably trashed. Now, now I knew that, Carl. I was working with uh, Exel Back's physio, chiropractor, osteopath, massage therapist, and um, on a weekly basis. And, uh, and then she looked at me and she said something that changed my life. She was like, listen, um, it looks like it's a, a food intolerance that's driving it. And, and then she went on to say that she thought it was dairy. And I was like, well, hold on, hold up a second here. You know, like, how, how, can a, how can a food intolerance drive a bad back? And she was like, well, you've got shared nerve innovation from your spinal segment. And so if you uh, got, got pain on the circuitry from, from the intestines, it will shut down these muscles. And then, and she's like, I'm just guessing it's dairy because you don't breathe very well through your nose and your head's migrated forward so you can breathe better through your mouth. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that, that kind of changed my world. And, and I, so I'm like, surely be some tests that I could do. And she goes, yeah, you want to do an So I, I did the test and a few weeks later it came back that I was, you know, very severe, uh, food sensitivity to whey protein, obviously found in dairy. Cut out dairy. Uh, my back didn't get better straight away, but what happened very quickly is within just a, a few weeks, the asthma that I'd had since I was about six years old mysteriously just disappeared and, and hasn't ever come back. And um, and that that just in, yeah, in that moment, I no longer wanted to hit a golf ball. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. How could I have not have known that the food I was eating has such a huge impact on how I feel? And um, and then I was like, well, how, how does everyone not know this? And so that that really at that moment, um, I decided oh, that's what I want to learn how to do. And so I um, went and did three years training through Check Institute in California. I ended up getting a master's degree in holistic nutrition. Um, founded BPU, been in clinical 
nutritionist now for 14 years, um, founder of BPO Health, and um, currently doing a master, uh, sorry, a PhD, but that's just more for fun. Um, and so, yeah, here we are. I can't imagine too many people doing PhD uh, just for fun, but that's fantastic. Um, thanks for sharing that story, uh, Ben. That's uh, fascinating stuff. And actually, I can relate to that. I'm a Czech practitioner as well and been exposed to some um, very interesting uh, very interesting stuff there. And um, I love that you've experienced that firsthand, that, that correlation between uh, all of those elements of wellness. So back pain just isn't in the back, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Um, so today we're here to talk um, about one of your areas of passion and one of your, your areas of um, speciality, and that's uh, stress. And I know you've right, been yep. traveling around the country um, talking about this. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. f- first up, um, I'd like to know what your definition of stress is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's a good question. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough one to define. Really, it's, a, it's just a state of being that, that activates the mind and body to work through something that's, that's challenging. And um, the thing about stress is that you, there is a, you know, stress, a little bit of stress can be very beneficial to our system. You know, like uh, we, we need a little bit of stress in regards to like if you lift, lift muscles, that little bit of, uh, sorry, lift, lift weights, that little bit of uh, Stress to the tearing of the muscle, you know, stimulates the body's healing responses, which you know grows our muscles and makes us stronger. And and there's a lot of hormetic effects within the body where we eat certain foods that act as a little bit of a stress, mm. and our, our bodies over respond with an antioxidant response, which is very beneficial. Um, and and so even even like a little bit of cold exposure or a little bit of heat exposure or a little bit of exercise, it's it, that little bit of stress stimulates uh, the mitochondria, which are the you know the the engines within our cells that make our energy to 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 regenerate uh, and so it again is beneficial so um so but but obviously for most of us when we you know think of the word stress we're we're, we're generally thinking more longer term more chronic more, more yeah. heavier types of stress i suppose and so you know i guess that's why most people are aware of definitely um and on that note actually you know obviously or in my opinion anyway i feel like uh, humanity is exposed to more stressors than we ever have been um, throughout our, you know, evolution. Yeah. You know, we've got, yeah, you know, from every angle, you know, nutritional stress, you know, yeah. these chemicals or these food-like substances added to our food, um, environmental stress, um, you know, exactly. our, our water and our food just uh, and our air, sorry, is just not what it used to be. Um, no. We have mental, emotional stress. You know, uh, probably exactly. You know, Maybe the media has something to answer for there. You know, we've got uh, electromagnetic with the increased exposure yes. to computers and uh, cell phones, people getting addicted to their devices and comparing themselves yeah. to these ideal pictures on a continual basis. Um, you know, it's such a, it feels like such a foreign terrain. I mean, I think if we all actually looked inside ourselves, we'd probably feel the same way. How do we go about even beginning to navigate uh, this new uh environment for humanity it's a big question <laughs> yeah we, we yeah that's a you know it's a great 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 question carl and, and i mean i think you know initially what you're pointing to there is that you know our our autonomic nervous system which is this automatic nervous system runs a lot of our unconscious activities within our bodies um is is not really set up for this modern environment and you know it, it's it's you know there's an evolutionary or a sort of um 
depends if you know your philosophy whether you know designed or evolved but but it's really you know our, our stress response physiological stress response within our bodies is really designed to evolve for us to survive you know an attack from a lion mm-hmm. jumping out of the woods at us and 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 so you know we we have this running away and it's really it, activates this fight or flight response so let's say you're not going to fight the line you decide to run and it act, you know activates our survival mechanisms and and mm. those things you actually point to there you're absolutely dead right that in the modern world and i believe this strongly that we have uh, an overload of this physiological stress response from mental emotional stress from nutritional stress um mm. you know from uh, from physical stresses from being overweight or not moving our bodies right or poor posture or you know like you mentioned the chemical stresses or electromagnetic and and our system in the modern world is 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 kind of evolved for this 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 acute survival mechanism and what's happening is our, our body can't differentiate between different types of stress and so we're it's really activating this physiological response which is really just cortisol and a whole bunch of catecholamine hormones within our system to have a survival mechanism but unfortunately what that means is that we, we we're sort of running into exhaustion for many of us mm-hmm. um, and our bodies are, are struggling to cope with a physiological response to what these daily stresses are and so in, in regards to sort of coming to i guess the answer to your question it's, it's then really looking at strategies um, yeah. To reduce these yeah. these stresses, you know, so you know strategies to reduce our mental emotional stress, such as you know, I'm a huge fan of um, <clears throat> people meditating uh, and and at least being aware of their thoughts and getting control over their thoughts and using mm-hmm. um, using getting control and structure in their life so that they're not having to worry about mental stresses as much as possible. Um, you know, some of the research around that you know really points to the fact that even if people have got financial stress, if if they then go get financial planning and get a budget around their finances you know they then will report less stress about their finances well you know this is how it works but you know the, their finances haven't changed yeah. they've just got control and structure and so um yeah it's, you know, for me it's very much getting about you know con- control and structure uh in, in your life, trying to stay in the present as much as possible because yeah. obviously um, our bodies are responding. All that's happening is whatever's lighting up in our brain, our hypothalamus is looking at what's lighting up and it's telling our pituitary and then our pituitary is telling the rest of our hormone system, our endocrine system, what hormones we need to survive for the coming seconds. And so if you're having a lot of thoughts or negative thoughts or concerning thoughts or anxiety, anxiety thoughts or thoughts about the past your body physiologically is responding to it now mm-hmm. and that is going to overwhelm these stress responses so that's yeah so that's just one strategy nutritional stress obviously you know we got to be one i i think i completely agree with you i think you know, our nutritional stress in the modern world is is one of the biggest stresses we're putting on our body the foods we're eating you know yeah. and and uh, and obviously gluten for so many people the research shows that gluten you know is is obviously for those listeners who don't know the protein found in wheat barley and rye um is it, the research shows that it's inflammatory for everybody hmm. um and and the problem is is just because the bread we're eating now is nothing like the bread that our grandmother was eating yeah. because of the hybridization of grain and, and farming techniques and then yeah you mentioned chemical stresses again um yeah we're, we're living in the most chemically burdened times of of man has ever existed mm. and um good news is our bodies can deal with this um it's incredible what our bodies can deal with but we need the nutrition to be able to do that and we're just not getting the nutrition so we're kind of getting a double whammy and um yeah and so you know yeah for me you know coupled with you know physical and electromagnetic electromagnetic stresses is you know a lot of people are just ending up on this exhaustive stage 
um, of the you know it's kind of like the hands tansily like the, the the stress response where we we have resistance and then as we lose the ability to continue resistance we en- end up in exhaustion yeah. and so i think many people in the modern world are just you know are living their life at that end of the spectrum yeah i i totally agree um it's really nicely summed up so much gold there we're going to zoom in on a few of those points in a second um but first of all how do we um, bring awareness to someone um, how would someone know if they bre- if they are stressed or a little bit burnt out um, or maybe even adrenally right. fatigued yeah. yeah yeah well adrenal fatigue is um, you know it's really a fatigue that's not resolved by sleep so I think you know if somebody's feeling a bit burnt out let's say they're, they're wake, you know, they get eight or nine hours sleep and they wake up and they're still tired mm-hmm. that's that's a really that's a really good sign um, you know if you're needing um, coffee and caffeine and stimulants to get going in the morning. That's an, another good sign. If you, you know, if you're having to rely on caffeine to get through the day, that's a good sign. Yeah. If you're not hungry first thing in the morning, so you don't generally get hungry to about ten o'clock in the morning, uh, that's another good indicator your adrenal glands are not not operating as well as we'd like. You get tired at three o'clock in the afternoon, need a nap or some carbohydrates or maybe another coffee, or um, yeah. or if you have to wear sunglasses during the day, you know, if you like a lovely sunny day and you're having to wear sunglasses because you just find it so bright outside. Mm. These would all be very good subclinical indicators that your your thor- sorry that your adrenal glands are not working as well as we'd like. And I mean, there's some nice tests at the BPO lab. We do um, we do cortisol testing. Uh, do it four times a day, so you can see you know nice. so you can see your cortisol levels. And, um, and, and, and then obviously you can then make diet, lifestyle, nutritional changes to your, um, and then track those measures. And, and obviously as they come up, invariably people, you know, people, people feel a, a, a good improvement in energy. Yeah. There's a couple of good points there actually. Um, so traditionally, um, the adrenals or cortisol will be tested once a day. Is that right? And, um, yeah. So traditionally, yeah, traditionally in blood work, they usually do it once a day at eight thirty in the morning, which is it's useful to see. I mean, and, and you really want it. The, the range is very broad. Like it depends on the lab between two fifty and seven hundred. Yeah. But I like people to about three twenty in the morning with mm-hmm. a cortisol blood lip. But ideally, you want to see their whole pattern through yeah. the day. And um, you know, blood blood cortisol levels are usually done. You know, just to rule out like Cushing's or Addison's, which is sort of autoimmune adrenal gland conditions. Yeah. Whereas we're looking for more subclinically, we're looking a little deeper behind that. Go well, yes, we get that your adrenal glands are still working because you're walking around, but yeah. how well are they working? And yeah. so, you know, I guess this is real differentiation from from a lot of medicine where you've got disease at one end of the spectrum and then you've got you know uh, optimal health at the other end yeah. of the spectrum uh, and and all this grey area. You know, I, I don't I, and I would imagine you're the same, car. I don't believe that if you're not. If you if you only if you haven't quite got type two diabetes, I don't believe you're healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a spectrum, and and so uh, yeah. Uh, so you, when we're looking at this adrenal function, we're really looking at that spectrum and how well are your adrenals coping with the way you want to live your life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I love that. Now, um, all of those uh, signs and symptoms that you just listed. If someone is feeling mm-hmm. like that on a continual basis, um, yeah. Firstly, how serious is it, and what happens if they ignore these signs? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good question. Okay, from my perspective, um, I think it's pretty serious. And if yeah. you ignore those signs, you know you're going to be really at risk of of putting yourself literally in bed on the floor. You you cortisol also modulates your immune system, so we often 
we'll often see, you know, an escalation into autoimmune conditions and things like that. And so, um, yeah, you've got to be trying to listen to these, these signs from your body as much as possible that, Hey, you need to make changes and it's not, you know, um, you know, maybe, maybe that you need to slow down or it may be that you need to manage some things in your life, or it may be that you need to look at your nutrition or you may need to take some better nutritional support and, and, uh, you know, and get your, get, get, get some nutrition in you because, you know, so many people have, broad spectrum nutritional deficiencies that their bodies aren't able to mm. to, to operate um so yeah it's it's really important that that, that people are living living so lift, listening to these signs and then also you know i, I mean i mean i'm generally a huge fan of testing carl yeah um because you like for me if, if you can't you can't manage what you can't measure yep. and so I, I i like to measure stuff and then i i also then like to you know remeasure to make sure that the the diet and lifestyle practices that you you know people have taken on have actually worked definitely you know if you're not assessing you're guessing right um there you go yeah, that's it. yeah. <laughs> and that's what i feel like our uh, our system has been set up for for a while there's a lot of guesswork involved and a lot of partial pictures but that sounds it sounds like a really complete approach um what just coming back to the autoimmunity because you know uh-huh. i've seen as well um and i've i've been to conferences that it just seems like uh, autoimmunity is the next step after um you know chronic stress i, I know people personally that this has happened to yeah. it seems to always tip over after that final straw you know whether it's a mental physical emotional stress yeah. um it just seems to tip them over um how would someone know if they're bordering uh, going into autoimmunity? Um, and also, if they get there, is it reversible? Um, from what I've read, yeah. yes. But um, and then yeah. how do we go yeah. about it? Yeah, from our, our experience. So yeah, um, how, well, with, with autoimmunity, the trouble is, it, you know, it look it for mo- for the most part, it's genetically yeah, it appears to be genetically controlled as to where it expresses. So mm. for example. DQ2 or DQ8, you know, 94.6% of those people are at risk of, of, of celiacs or, that will, or express as a celiac. Um, if you're HLA gene positive, then uh, which is similar to the DQ2 and 8, then it increases uh, your risk of uh, like ankylosing spondylitis. Uh, yeah, ankylosing spondylitis. Yeah. So, um, you, you, so, there's, so it expresses in everybody differently. That's what, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Around that year, but but I guess um, one of the hallmarks of autoimmunity is also is often inflammation. Yeah. Um, so inflammation for your listeners is you know they would have heard that word, but it, it's it's really collateral damage from your immune system, and it expresses most often as aches and pains. Um, and so obviously you can do a C-reactive protein or an ESR blood work, which are inflammatory markers, and you can see you know oh Mrs. Jones, you've got a lot of aches and pains. So that you know if somebody's got a lot of aches and pains. That that's a good indicator, most likely that they're they're breaking their bodies down. It's a good indicator that you know potentially their immune system's overactive, or your body has lost control of your immune system. And with autoimmunity, most often uh, the driving is is the body is, has tagged a protein that is that is you as an invader, and your body is therefore attacking you. Hence the name autoimmune. Yeah. And so um, there's nice blood work that people can do. So one of them is called anti-nuclear antibodies, which is an ANA blood test. There's another one called um, uh, we we often look for autoimmunity in the thyroid um, through yeah. thyroid oxidase, which is TPO. And you'll often see autoimmunity in the thyroid before you see full-blown autoimmunity elsewhere in the body. Mm-hmm. And so we use that as a as a as a bit of a screen. Um, and then regarding reversing the parameters of autoimmunity for me i I don't worry about 
the disease aspect. So, you know, I was just talking to a clinician this morning actually about a client with, who had rheumatoid arthritis. And so uh, her blood work now is is technically in remission. So like her blood work shows no markers of, of being, of having rheumatoid arthritis anymore, which is wonderful. And all, all we are, in, I'm not worried about any of that. I'm not interested in particularly in that. I'm interested in having her body work as well as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and so as you start getting people's bodies working very well, often these blood parameters will change yeah and um yeah which you know sometimes once you've been diagnosed with these things you can't get rid of them then you're just in remission which is great if you're mm. in remission that means you've got no aches and pains yeah um and you, and you can go about and live your life and so that's that's um yeah that's that's surprisingly common for yep. people to be able to to uh be able to make you know positive change in how they feel from you know from these diet and lifestyle factors as yeah i know as yeah for some some of your listeners they'll be like wow that that's really out there but um no, yeah, when you start understand yeah when you start understanding the mechanisms behind what's driving our immune system and controlling it then then it's actually it's not rocket science i think that's a really nice approach as well like there's some research coming out now on uh, the the power of diagnosis itself so if you take that focus off the disease and just focus on feeling good and being well um i feel like that would have a, a more sustainable and a more positive outcome yeah, and and you know, Carl, I'm not a I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a you know I'm a clinical nutritionist, and yep. so I'm not trained in diagnosing, treating, curing, or anything like that. Yep. And so I try and stay away from that sort of stuff as much as possible. And uh, you know, and obviously a lot of our a lot of our clients have you know whether well, have GPs and they have specialists. A lot of our clients have specialists because they you know they have they have you know of issues course, going, yeah. certain things going on in their body, and um, you know so that's the I leave that to the specialist. So my job is just to get them as healthy as possible. Yep. <laughs> Understanding your scope of practice, I think it's it's really important. Good on you. <laughs> um, now yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm going to come back to stress again. Um, yeah, I want to know what sort of weighting you put on uh, perception here, um, because right. there, there is some really interesting uh, research coming out now on uh, not necessarily the stress itself, but how you perceive that that stress to be. If you perceive it to be a negative yeah. uh, thing, it can be worse for you. Um, what do you Absolutely. have to say about that? Oh, absolutely. Perception is uh, is you know obviously within within psychology. Perception is exactly how we perceive it, which is you know the world um, the world occurs to all of us differently. Um, so even though we could be going through the same exact um, situations, um, how we judge those situations is very much based on our past experiences, very much based on learned behaviour, yeah. and and so. Yeah, our perception is very much uh, a determinant, and so obviously, then there's the, the mindset strategies around perception to really control our physiological response to these, in, you know, you know, uh, things. A, a simple example of that would be, you know, if if you try and start a business and it fails, um, you know, you could one one perception of that be could be that you then you know think think of yourself as a failure. Um, yeah. Another perception, and somebody else may start a business and it fails, and they may well think of it as well. That was a wonderful learning experience, yeah, I, yeah. and and I, I, I you know and I learned um, you know what I've learned from that. I'm going to now take forward in my next business venture and not make those same mistakes again, and and move forward. And obviously, you know how that affects your physiology it is it, and and then your subsequent actions is dramatically different 
Yeah. Um, so, and, and the, but another really interesting thing around perceived stress is is you know a lot of studies have shown um, that micronutrients, so you know vitamins and minerals, they 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 decrease our perceived stress mm. in stressed and non-stressed populations. So not only does that mean that they um you know they still have the stress, but um, they don't perceive it as stressful. I'll give you an example. Of this is is there was an, a lovely study done by. Uh, Professor Julia, Dr. Julia Rutledge at, at University of Canterbury after that Christchurch earthquake, where she gave them, uh, you know, high strength um, multivitamin, and and she found that the the people who were taking the multivitamin versus it actually wasn't a placebo, it was uh, Barocca, were the the lower dose group, mm-hmm. um, is that the people who were taking the higher dose multivitamin they had you know significant declines in in psychological symptoms, you know, and uh, greater improvement in mood, anxiety, energy, and uh, yeah, and it, it concluded that it was a you know micronutrients was a uh, you know very wow. beneficial, inexpensive, practical treatment for acute stress following a natural disaster, um, and it's really the benefits are around this perceived stress is that you know they all experienced the Christchurch earthquake, but the, the ones taking the the minerals and the vitamins, it just didn't occur to them as stressful. That's fascinating. I, mean, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense, you know. Um, I haven't heard that before, but that's, that's, that's a good learning point. That's a gold, gold nugget yeah. right there. Everyone well, note that point. <laughs> well, yeah, the thing about it is that, you know, like things like zinc and these B, B mm. vitamins, uh, you, they, they, they're, they're heavily required for us to modulate our stress response yeah. and, 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 you know, modulate our neurotransmitters. And so if, if, you, if you're deficient in these, we start losing our capacity to really control how we feel. And, and, and so, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a nutritionist, um, you know, but I'm also, my background is in psychology and uh, PhDs in the field of psychology um, mm-hmm. across nutrition and metabolomics. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a really, uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting for people. So it's kind of like resilience, I suppose, is like, how yeah. do we increase people's resilience as well? Yeah. So that, um, so that, yes, when stressful things happen, you, you can handle them and they don't, affect you maybe as negatively as they could i was going to bring up resilience but you beat me to it well done (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that's interesting uh you talked about hormetic uh responses to uh the environment and uh -hmm. i guess that can apply to food as well um i've been looking into you know wild food or foraged food uh, as well um what 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 do you think about including you know wild uh, foods in your diet, um, and then how would you go about uh, introducing that? Would that be a slow, uh, subtle introduction, um, or would you go straight into uh, wild food consumption? <laughs> yeah, when you say wild food, you mean you, you like in um, I, like like weeds and stuff. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, so I've, yeah. I mean, over the past year, I've started getting into uh, you know foraging um, throughout yeah, cool. Wellington, which I love. Yeah. Um, and you know some of the wild foods have been shown to have a you know that 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 slight stressful response, which you said before yes. um, can increase antioxidant production within the body. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean that's how a lot of these a lot of these polyphenols, the mechanisms yeah. behind a lot of them work. And um, yeah, and, and yeah. So um, so yeah, I think a lot of these these foods are, are, are borderline. You know they're herbal in nature, yeah. and and so you know there's molecules within them um, that that you know stimulate these kinds of responses. Uh, it's kind of like um, like dandelions. You know, like it always makes makes me laugh that people spray out their dandelions in their. <laughs> 
in their lawn. Well, you know, whereas, you know, the leaves are very, you put them in a salad, they're very bitter, they stimulate gastric secretion, enzyme release, they're very beneficial for the kidneys. The roots can be, you know, scrubbed and then grated in a salad with some mm. beetroot some, uh, and some carrot and some, you know, sesame oil and sesame seeds, and you make a wonderful, you know, beetroot. <laughs> and uh yeah sounds great uh, then, i'm hungry <laughs> which is very beneficial to the liver and so um yeah absolutely i think these these things are yeah really yeah then we've got you know such a huge resource around us um yeah. you know we're very lucky in new zealand we've got a lot of um incredible seaweeds on our coastline that are you know a lot of great kelps that are you know, but again a lot of this knowledge is lost i'm not overly great on that carl i have some friends who are pretty good at it yeah and um but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's I think it's fantastic, and, and the more that we can do this, uh, my only I guess um, point would be to start slowly. That's I think that's yeah. one of the things. Yeah. You know, it's because they are they can be quite strong. Yeah. And uh, they are herbal in nature, and yeah. often, and and so I would just start slowly and uh, you know, let your body system get used to it. Because you know, for a lot of people, if you start detoxing and detoxifying. Um, these pathways too quickly, you can have something called a Herxheimer reaction, which is where uh, you get like a, a, a detox reaction essentially, yeah. where it mo- can mobilize more toxins actually within your system, and then you feel like you're coming down with a flu, or you get you get you know a, a rash or welts, and so yeah, it's it's like, like a lot of things. Um, you know, it's just like with exercise, you just start slowly and build up. Yep, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point, and I'm glad glad you just reinforced. Um, yeah, my my newfound passion for uh, for foraging as well. For foraging, <laughs> it just feels oh, like the right thing to do. You know, you feel. Oh like, yeah, we love. Yeah. I mean, we to be honest, with you, we got a we got a fifteen acre farm, permaculture organic, nutrient dense oh. farm, where we grow about eighty percent of the food we eat. So, wow. uh, but we still forage. So, like, uh, you know, I, I was I was away, but I think Monday or Tuesday, there's a there's a local hedge here that's about half a kilometer long. It's a feijoa hedge, and we have feijoas up on the farm, but uh, you know, we've already eaten all of ours. So, <laughs> we, we you know we we go in, in England it's called scrumping and so just go on the side of the road and, and, and get a bunch of fijos. Um, you know, they've pretty much been neglected. And so yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um that reminds me I took my my oldest daughter out once and there was a fig tree around the corner from our place. And it was in a public space and all of these figs were falling on the ground and going to waste. And I'm like, oh Yeah. I'm I'm just gonna get up there. I'm gonna harvest them. So I um totally exploited my daughter and had it had, <laughs> had her down be- uh, below holding uh, a bag open. And uh, you know, harvested these these figs, and people were walking past, and I was giving them to them. It just felt like a really good thing to do, and yeah, I gave a lot away. Um, yeah. But she still remembers it to this day. You know, it was obviously nutritionally um, nourishing, but it felt nourishing on other levels too. And I oh, like- I see. Yeah, it is. I think uh, collecting food as a family and stuff like yeah. it's like making fireworks as a family. It's yeah. uh, it's it's a, it's a neat thing. Totally. Um. So. Uh, you can see, uh, based on what you've said, that someone can really get stuck in a downward spiral, right? So they're nutritionally deficient. Um, you know, they're stuck in that uh, altered circadian rhythm where they're operating out, way outside of, um, you know, the time frames yeah. we're designed to. They're you know, yeah. thriving on caffeine and sugar. Um, so they're further depleting their body of these essential minerals uh, that build mm-hmm. their resilience. How does someone go about even pulling them? Uh, I guess awareness is the first step, but pulling themselves yeah. out of that downward spiral. Yeah, awareness is number one. Uh, I guess one of the ways that we go about it is is um, you know a lot of these people they actually haven't got the energy to change their diet in a big way. 
Um, and so, so we've, we've actually found one that easy gateway ways in is actually to give them a high quality, like multivitamin, uh, mineral supplement and, you know, high quality fish oil. So you're getting some of these, these Mm. cofactors in, you know, doing a a zinc taste test, very simple to do. Um, and, and if, you know, if if they can't taste it, you know, giving them some extra zinc, um, very, very important for over 200 enzyme reaction. So, so, so. So essentially lifting them up to a level where then they can change their diet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then from there, changing your diet um, and you're helping people obviously change their diet and then integrating these the, like mindful practices and mm. self-care practices and sleep hygiene yeah. and going, you know, systematically go, kind of going through their life. And, and, and then also, you know, really trying to isolate and, and eliminate what is the cause of their major stress. So <clears throat> for yeah. some people with adrenal fatigue, you know, adrenal fatigue can come from anything. It could come, you know, somebody's had three children in in five years, two children in three years. Maybe they've just yeah. had children, as, and they, yeah. you know, they could be, in, you know, right? It's, it's, it's stressful. Um, it could be that, you know, they've been you know, starting a new business and been working too hard. They're a student burning a candle at both ends, drinking too much, you know, alcohol, poor nutrition. Yeah. You know, it could be that they're just in a bad relationship and, and that's, you know, that's, that's driven. Or they've got a gut issue or they've got autoimmunity. Mm. So, the, you know, like, so when people, when we work with people, we'd like to try and really isolate what is the causal factor. And if, if it's still in their life, let's try and eliminate this. So if somebody's got a gut issue, you know, we want to, we want to do some testing around what's going in their guts. So we can see what, what's driving their gut issue so we can get their guts working better because otherwise, you know, trying to rebuild the system when you've still got the causal aspect there, yeah, yeah. uh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You know, you're going to do is support symptomology, which is which is fine. It stops them getting worse, and they may feel a little better, but they're not going to get the result they want yeah. unless, uh, yeah, unless we really get in there and find what's going on and and has that been resolved. And then some people it has. You know, some people they know that it was. You know, like yeah, I just had 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 a few children real quick, and you know, but that that you know they're all at school now, and it's time for me to rebuild. And so, yeah, that's. Uh, that's kind of how we look at it. No, that's nice. Actually, I like I like that that first point you made about um, you know not trying to overwhelm them too quickly and perhaps adding one subtle th- thing in, like a high quality uh, vitamin or fish oil, can be a really easy yeah. place to start. That can have a decent impact. That can just get that snowball uh, exactly. effect happening. It's a momentum going. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah, it's 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 pretty you know pretty easy to absolutely yeah we I've I've only come to that Carl from experience that that's not how I used to operate I used to try and uh, <laughs> used to try and used to try and do everything yeah and uh, at once but um I I, le- I learned that no that that doesn't work got to got to meet people where they're at <laughs> yeah then, yes. um, that's that's the key right there meet them where they're at beautiful yeah <laughs> and then. Uh, Walk, walk them along and then walk with them, you know, yeah. and that's, it's always a real pleasure to walk with them on their health journey. And that's exactly, you know, obviously what we try and do at Be Pure. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, now, uh, clinically, um, have you noticed any major differences between uh, male and female um, that have come in yeah. uh, tired and exhausted? Yeah. I'd love you to flesh that out a little yeah. bit. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, there's obviously major differences in the uh, hormonal system between men and women. So, like, so for men, I, you know, it's a bit of a Kiwi analogy, but, uh, you know, I liken men and a male's hormone system to a Toyota Hilux. It's very basic. Um, it's very good. It does its job usually pretty well. Um, and you don't really get a lot of problems with it, except for one day the engine blows up with no warning, which is, you know, a heart attack. So, um, so, so men, you know, are very hardy vehicles, whereas uh, women's and women's hormone system, are, it's much more like a Formula One racing car. Um, it's incredible what it can do. 
Um, like, you know, I've watched my wife go through two pregnancies and, and you know, unbelievable. Yeah. But like a Formula One racing car, it's, it's, it's highly tuned. And unfortunately, it doesn't take much to throw the timing out. And so, you know, we, we see a lot of women clinically who um, have hormonal imbalance and, and the timing's been thrown out. And, and, you know, and as a result of that, you know, they're getting weight gain. It's probably, you know, one of the biggest side effects of hormones being unbalanced. Um, is, yeah, is weight gain is very difficult to lose weight. And then obviously you've got the the sort of the medical aspects of, you know, PMS, PMT, mm. endometriosis, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and, and these kind of things sort of associated with female hormone imbalance. And so, um, yeah, for men, usually pretty straightforward, you know, like guys, Toyota Hilux, pretty easy <laughs> fix. They're an easy vehicle to work on. Um, you can usually get pretty good results quite quickly. Whereas women, you know, if you're trying to rebuild a Formula One car that's, you know, that's hit the wall at 200, <laughs> kilometers an hour it's going to be it's going to be a couple of years to rebuild it and um and 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 so yeah there's the major major differences of, and uh it's for that reason i think that women have to work much harder on their health yeah um, and that 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 they're also much more aware of their health because they do have to work much harder on their health to to maintain their energy levels to maintain their weight to maintain their mood uh and to maintain their hormones so mm. In in terms of uh, male and female as well, um, what would be some you know some some big points that everyone could apply you know today you know like maybe it's uh, hydration for males or right. maybe it's yeah, uh, yeah. you know are there any uh, yeah, for, big take homes yeah, for, for them? Um, yeah, big ta- big take homes from males is is selenium. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you know what one you know New Zealand soils are deficient in selenium. Our population levels of selenium in New Zealand are one point one, very low. Uh, okay, one study out of America showed that. Um, well, actually, it was many last ten years. This study it was with men, and and it, they had to stop it after eight years because of ethical reasons, because they could no longer. Uh, justify not giving selenium to the placebo group because um the the men who were getting selenium it reduced lung cancers by 50 percent and prostate cancer by over 60 percent oh my god no way that's incredible yeah and wow yeah and so um and so they they got the blood levels of selenium up to 1.6 1.7 and so i you know um, our selenium levels are just way, way too low. I mean, selenium is very important. You, you probably know is for a selenoprotein called glutathione, which is mm. one of the, the our body's main base antioxidant molecules that we use to protect ourselves from DNA damage. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of kind of easy to see from a biochemical pathway why the selenium is so important for men uh, to protect us from you know, prostate. And so, yeah, selenium for men, and then for women. I would probably be around trying to trying to. I'm going to give two things for women because you know they're they're more complicated. Uh, the first one would be you know minimizing exposure to xenoestrogens, which are these molecules in the environment that mimic estrogen. They sit on the receptor site and activate the receptor site as if estrogen is there, but it's not actually estrogen produced by their body. It's external molecules and these are coming from pesticides herbicides uh, plastics um you know trying to minimize plastic as much as possible they're coming from phylates and uh um parabens in skincare products so trying to minimize you know plastics and you know i, I wouldn't recommend putting anything on your skin that you're not happy to eat um right point and then yeah so because you know if it's on your on your skin it's going to be in your bloodstream i mean yep. especially with these small, small molecules um you know like progesterone is used transdermally it's a cream that's how they get it in your blood stream yeah and so yeah so we've got to be and then 
So I'd be moving, you know, moving women away from these environmental toxins and then upregulating the clearance of the liver of these xenoestrogens and estrogen by eating cruciferous vegetables. So, you know, things like broccoli, cauliflower, dim, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale, capers, watercress, these kind of foods to, to really help um, upregulate and clear these molecules out through the liver. Beautiful. So coming back to selenium, um, obviously uh-huh. a lot of people are going to go and look up what are high, you know, selenium foods. But yeah. is, is it as yeah. simple as that? You know, especially when you take into account, uh, you know, some of the chemicals put in and on our foods, like you know, for glyphosate, yeah. for example. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. So usually it's not that simple, Carl. You're uh, what you're pointing to is absolutely right. But with selenium, it, it, it's probably one that the sim- simpler ones. But um, so Brazil nuts, but they do need to be from Brazil. Um, but Brazil nuts is going to be you know the, the Brazil nuts incredibly bioaccumulate selenium, um, and so you know eating eating Brazil nuts you. Again, the amount of Brazil nuts we don't don't know because it depends on where they're from, yeah. where they're grown. But you know, two to five Brazil nuts a day um, should meet your selenium needs, or, or you know, taking a good quality product with some selenium in as well. But uh, you're absolutely right. Like, um, very very difficult to get most of these nutrients from our foods um, in the modern world. Um, even the the U.S. Department of Agriculture states that with regards to magnesium and zinc that um, they broke it down, but it's but it's between you know fifty six and ninety percent of the population because they broke it down into male, males and females and age categories. But between fifty six and ninety percent of the population are not eating enough to meet the minimum of their zinc and magnesium on a daily level, and a, a large part of that is because you know these minerals you know uh, have dramatically declined in our foods because of a whole bunch of farming changes in farming techniques and things like that so and then that's the u.s department of agriculture saying that you know this, this isn't yeah you know it's a massive heavily researched uh, you know governmental department so um you, so you're absolutely right it is it is for most of the foods it's very very difficult and again that's why i'm such a huge fan of people taking you know high quality uh, additional nutritional support it's still trying to eat as good a diet as you can yeah. um, for all of these, you know, hormetic effects like you were talking about with the wild foods, trying to eat as many colors, um, eat as good a diet as you can that stabilizes your blood sugar levels. But then um, but then also, you know, taking some high quality nutritional support to just pick up what, what what's going to be missing. Yeah. Yes, that's it. It's not always just what you eat; it's what you digest as well. So um, that's, yeah. that's another big one as well. But oh, but it's, yeah, that is a big one right there. I mean, digest. You know, so if people have got gut problems, like they yeah. have um, heartburn, indigestion, acid reflux, they get bloating, they belch, they get gas, overly gas production downstairs, or yep. uh, you know, diarrhea, constipation, IBS, ulcerative yep. colitis, Crohn's. Then you've got a gut issue, and if you've got a gut issue, the chances are you're not going to be you know, digesting your food as 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 well as you should, and then you're not going to be absorbing that nutrients as well as you could, which um, obviously is a contributing factor as well. Spot on. Yeah. Um. Hey. Um. This has been fantastic, Ben, and thank you so much for sharing so much of your wisdom. Um. I feel, no, like, we, right, I so, feel like we could keep yeah. talking. <laughs> Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, we uh, yeah, we're, I think we're pretty much on the same page, Carl. Definitely. And so this is this is. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even got into the microbiome. We might have to save that for another day. But <laughs> yeah, the microbiome is really fun to look at. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, and thanks again um, for everyone who's listening. Um, I will be attaching uh, links to Ben's page and uh, some of the work he's done as well. So make sure you go along and check it out. And thanks again, Ben. And thank you for everyone no, who's thanks listening. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate it. Just now. 
Hey, that was great, man. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Some All good. Thank you. Fantastic points teased out there and some good, um, <coughs> yeah, some really good practical stuff. Uh, I think. Oh, good. Yeah, I think a lot of people will take home a lot from that. Cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I didn't know you were Czechy. That's, that's cool. Yeah, actually. yeah, I yeah. So not- when I looked into oh. your background, I was like, oh, yeah, I know we're going to be talking the same because I, I came across your work a few different times. And when you see someone's name pop up, you know, six or seven times, and you think, oh, I should probably probably check this out. And I looked at some of your yeah. your products. I was oh, this, this is good. You know, I like the uh, the adrenal Ooh. support using, you know, real bovine uh, adrenal. And- yeah, they're good, man. They really work. I, yeah. um, geez, I mean, I used to use Dr. Wilson's for many years, and but it was so expensive. Mm. Um, and, and I was like, man, we should be able to. And then so finally got got hold of some uh, a New Zealand supplier, and I'm like, well, this this is this is cool. Yeah. And so um, yeah, no, the 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 glandulars and the short chain peptides are unbelievable. They they yeah. they're really good. Yeah. Hey, just out of interest, um, personally, how have you found managing your adrenals when you've been traveling around and you know creating oh, and delivering I, this content? Yeah, I take a lot of products. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that might be the case, eh? Yeah. yeah, I take I take shed load of products. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I've kind of I, I buy a hack just about every system I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I do a huge amount of testing on yeah. myself, and I, I yeah, I probably take I don't know between sixty and seventy products a day. I I I work. I, I'm a, I'm a workaholic essentially, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so Mate, I can yeah, I can relate. I, I, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to have incredible energy every moment, yeah. and so um, yeah, the only way I can do it was, is by by upregulating a lot of systems. I, I deliberately hold my cortisol just above the top line. <laughs> I um, yeah, and then but the trouble is, is you know, for me, you, you still got to get it all out the liver. You still got to be able to metabolize these hormones out, yeah. and so you know that that that's kind of like the gatekeeper. But uh, but you continue tweaking and stuff, yeah, and. Uh, do you find exercise it's, it's, is quite a good way to do that to simulate the you know to sort of uh, yeah you, give the liver a bit of a know, break? You're absolutely right. It is the best way um, that I have found. Yeah. But, but the trouble is, I prefer to work. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, uh, and so I um, yeah. So exercise uh, is I, I man on a mission. Three hours. Yeah, I need to do about three hours a week, which is I really probably need to do about five or six to yeah. really to um, really. Yeah. I can relate. Uh, yesterday, um, I was actually gearing up for a um, presentation on epigenetics, and um, oh wow, yeah, I was hitting nice. my head, head in the books, and I was just getting right into it. And I had about I don't know four or five hours straight in front of the computer, and I got up and I was like, oh my god, I feel completely disconnected to the real world, and my posture had sort of hunched over, and yeah. I, was, I was pretty much turning into Gollum. Um, so I just huh. went out. I was like, I've got to get into the bushes. So I was got. <laughs> Got out in there and half an hour, I just went for a quick run through the bushes and came back feeling like a different person, eh? And it was nice. a, quite insightful. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need to make this happen regularly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've been working on this for a few years. I'm better than I was, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's um, that's that's still you're you're absolutely right though. Is is the liver? Uh, I've seen people. I've had a client with 30 years of he had th- hepatitis for 30 years, and usually liver be smashed. He's in his yeah. early 60s and um prolific exerciser his liver was still perfect wow and so yeah it exercise is the number one way to regenerate the liver absolutely and and yeah um it's good Uh, it's just another another message (laughs) it's just another thing to manage right yeah 
yeah, it's all it is. It's just, mm. it's all it is. It's just, man, it's just a manage, management issue, and yeah, uh, yeah that, it's all good. Yeah, I was just wondering that because I see the freaking amount of uh, work you're putting out, and I'm like, wow, he still looks pretty healthy, you know. <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I got a little bit of visceral fat that I would would like to lose, and and like within within five. If I if I take a break for five six days, then I lean up and I'm pretty happy. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing how fast it can turn around that way. Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the body's still quite responsive, which is not too bad. Forty five now, and it does, it does, <laughs> it does. As you get older, you're you're still probably just young enough. How old are you? How old are well, you? I'm I'm only in my mid thirties, but um, yeah, you're good. You're, you're good for another five six years. <laughs> I don't know. I've started to notice it now. Like uh, kid number two now, so. We're a year, yeah, down, yeah. a year down on that, and well, that having that second one is uh, definitely thrown yeah, another, another great, little right. spanner in the works there. Eh? <laughs> it's a whole new level, yeah. Just, yeah. And uh, yeah, you're you're good. You'll be like, another five six years, but you'll definitely notice. Um, yeah, the, the system changes a wee bit, and it's it's it's, it's a little harder. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just have to work that little harder, that little bit more yeah. um, to get the results. Yeah. Which is it's it's all good. It's just mm. it's interesting. Yeah, it's funny, eh? Because. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, at this age now, you probably feel the same. Like you kind of know what you want to do and how you want to do it. So you just want to get stuck into it and make it happen. Um, but then you've yeah. got those, you know, if you think, oh, man, I wish I knew this when I was in my 20s when I had this, this endless energy, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, the oxymoron. Yeah, you always, you, you, always, you always think that. But then it's all part of the journey. It's all part totally. of the journey. Hey? It's, totally. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, good. Hey, thanks again for your time, Ben. Uh, it's been hey, fun. you're all good, and I'd yeah. like to, I'd love to catch up and stay in touch. Like next yep. time I'm in in Wellington or whatever, um, yeah, be cook, be cooking breakfast or something at prefab and and yeah. and shoot shit. Mate, it sounds perfect. <laughs> well, let's keep in touch, eh? Good stuff. Yeah, 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 all good, man. Hey, good man. Thank Cheers, you. Ben. Take care. Yes, Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.